Welcome to Under the Ring Pro Wrestling Conversations. My name is Phil Strum. So happy to have on our show today one of the biggest self-made wrestlers out there, the NWA World's Heavyweight Champion, Matt Cardona. Matt was scheduled to defend his title against Nick Aldis at a Cardona-themed pay-per-view, Always Ready, in Knoxville, Tennessee, available on Fight on Saturday, June 11th. He's still appearing at the show, but it appears that he's not going to wrestle now due to recently suffering a torn biceps. We recorded this episode before his injury, so know that it had not yet happened when uh, when we met up with Matt. All that aside, it's so impressive to see Matt accomplish everything he has after being Zack Ryder in WWE for 14 years. With all the promotions he's won championships in, from GCW to Impact, NWA, as well as all the success he's had with the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast. He's always ready, and so are we. So here's the interview with my fellow Long Islander, Matt Cardona. All right, we're back on Under the Ring. So pleased to have the NWA World's Heavyweight Champion, Matt Cardona, with us this week. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's a, it's a busy life as the NWA World's Heavyweight Champion, doing all these interviews, defending the title. But hey, because of the territory, and I'm always ready. <laughs> so Saturday, uh, June 11th, you have a, a pay-per-view basically named after you uh, happening, right. always always ready in, in Knoxville, Tennessee. What's it like to see a, a Matt Cardona-themed pay-per-view? And also, just what are your thoughts on facing a, a man who's been a stalwart, really, in the NWA and Nick Aldis? <sighs> to answer the first question, it's pretty crazy. You know, The Rock had rock bottom all those years ago, and Shawn Michaels was in the poster for In Your House D Generation X. So all these years later... Uh, to have always ready with my face on the poster. It's pretty damn cool, man. And I hope Billy Corgan sends me a nice big jumbo poster that I can hang up in my house. That would be nice. And as for Nick Aldis, listen, he's got all the tools. He was a great champion, and I mean that. He brought the NWA to new heights. He, he, he was the original savior of the NWA, but he only brought it so far. Um, and that's where I came in, and that's that's why I'm here. I'm here to save the NWA. Nick doesn't like that. Nick doesn't like that it's me doing this interview today, uh, and I get it. Uh, NWA is his baby. It's his house. Um, it's my house now. How have you found wrestling in the NWA? How, do you, how, how, do you, how, have you, how have you found Matt Cardona fitting into to that uh, particular uh, environment and that particular promotion? Um, the first The first event I did where I laid out Trevor Murdoch, I could tell backstage um, I wasn't well-received. Uh, they didn't like me there. Um, and we did a bunch of tapings where, what I love about NWA, there is no script. There are no writers. There, there, wasn't, there wasn't even an outline. It was just, okay, Matt, you're going to talk in this segment. Go. And I was speaking my mind. I was saying things like, I thought NWA sucked as a kid. I thought it was old and dated and boring then. And I was saying that I still think it sucks now. It's still old and dated and boring. And I can tell a lot of people were not happy about that. Um, but that's fine. I'm not I'm not an NWA to make friends. I'm not an NWA to make fans. I'm an NWA to make money uh, and to win championships. And look, I'm, I'm the champ. I have the 10 pounds of gold. I am the champ. So I'm doing something right. 
What's really cool with you and 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 your persona is that I can completely see you fitting in pretty much any company in wrestling that I can think of in some scenario or another. And it's really kind of what you're doing right now, jumping around with NWA to Impact, and you've done some stuff in GCW. And I can easily see you if I really wanted to think about it, you know, in, in other promotions too. How do you adjust to that when you're you're kind of putting Matt Cardona into different environments? I think I'm one of the best wrestlers in the world. I think my track record speaks for that. Um, you know, maybe I didn't win all the titles or maybe I didn't win all the matches, but I'm still here. I'm still here 19 years later, uh, hotter than ever. Uh, nobody's been counted out more times in this business and I've come back. Uh, nobody has come back more times than me because I don't quit. I, I just keep fighting and I keep grinding. And now, you know, it's 2022. I am the NWA World's Heavyweight Champion. And whether it be NWA or Impact or GCW or some random indie in West Virginia or if AEW or WWE called me, I would fit in anywhere and thrive because I know I know my abilities and I'm capable of so much. I am super confident and I know what I can do. That's why I've been here for 19 years. And I really appreciate the hustle you've had in your post WWE career, working in all those places you said, also doing your major figure pod, uh, working in even, you know, create a pro. I think NYWC, once that I can think of at least, uh, is it exhilarating to do the type of creating you've done? Is it exhausting? And then how satisfying is it? Well, I mean, it's definitely exhausting. Like, for instance, last night we recorded the major rest of our podcast. Uh, there, I'm sure this will be up on social media. I fell asleep. I fell asleep in the podcast because <laughs> I've been just going. But it's not exhausting and like, oh, I got to do this today. No, I want this. I signed up for this 19 years ago. And now, finally, uh, you know, today I have all these interviews. This is my, my second of four today. Uh, I have to go to the gym. I have to do stuff for the podcast. Uh, it doesn't stop. And that's what separates me from a lot of the superstars uh, or want to be superstars, really, is that it doesn't stop when I'm off the road. It, it, the road's the easy part. It's easy, you know, to, to, to find a Denny's, to find type in LA Fitness in the GPS, go to the show, sell some gimmicks, get paid. That's easy. The hard part is on your days off where you're tired and you're beat up and you just want to sit on the couch and watch Netflix all day. But no, you got to go to the gym. You got to do these calls. You got to push forward, uh, you know, because I do other things besides, you know, bell to bell in the ring. I do the major wrestling for a podcast. I have all these other opportunities and that's because I'm making them. Nobody's handing them to me. This is I'm working for them. So am I exhausted? Yes, but I love it. I want to be more exhausted, if that makes sense. And I, I, I've said this to some other people in the past, too, but you mentioned it a little bit there. You're so good at the wrestling things that are not wrestling. Yeah, obviously, you're great at the in ring bell to bell. But, you know, and you've been that guy for a long time. And you look back to see true Hollywood story to now, you know, you were doing this stuff in 2011, which I don't think a lot of people were thinking about back then. So how has how kind of the wrestling internet scene changed since then? And how do you constantly keep yourself ahead of it? Um, you know, so the Z true Long Island story, 2011, I'm not going to bore everyone with the story. I, I wasn't happy with my position in WWE. You know, I didn't walk out mid-Raw. I did something about it. I did something about it. I changed my future. I worked my ass off. I took a chance. Uh, and I started that show, that, that YouTube show. It was all me uh, editing it, writing it, filming it, putting it out. Um, and the fans took to it because this was organic. The fans saw that I was doing it. They saw the quality 
And by quality, I mean like production quality was not good. They could tell that it wasn't just me going to Raw, going to, you know, the pre-tape room, and then like someone in Stanford would edit this. This was me. And they they appreciated that. And they they I formed this bond with a lot of fans I still have to this day. Um, but yeah, you gotta be ahead of the curve. And and now the internet, everyone's on the internet, right? Twitter, YouTube, Facebook. It's free. It's free for everybody. It's a free tool for promotion, for advertising, which is great. Flip side, it's free for everybody. You got to yeah. stand out. You got to figure out a way to stand out to, to make people recognize you. So that's tough, but I'm up for the challenge. And I'm pretty sure I just called that the Z True Hollywood story. And you it's did. actually the Long you Island did. story. And you I'm did. a native <laughs> Long Islander, which is even more ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Whoops. All right. Uh, let's mention it before, you know, you know, your hustle in your career now and you know what you've been able to accomplish in these two years looking at the paths of drew mcintyre who also crossed the same amount of time with you in wwe and cody rhodes as well and seeing what they did after they left what did that create kind of a blueprint to look at and see okay i want to do this i don't want to do this you know when when you were kind of charting your own path forward in 2020 and forward you know, there's no denying that both of those guys, um, instead, of, instead of feeling sorry for themselves, they went out and they, they they changed their life, changed their career. And I respect the hell out of Drew and Cody, but I'm doing this my way. Um, you know, they definitely set the standard and proved it can be done because for the longest time, and even guys who were released the same day as me, there are people, what the f- are they doing now? And that's that's on them. I, I, as Scott Steiner would say, I have no sympathy because you didn't bust your ass, you didn't get it done. We were all we all got fired during the pandemic, pal. Right? We all did. We all had nowhere else to work, but I made it work. Um, and I'm a firm believer that anybody can make it work if they put in that effort. Um, so yeah, Drew and Cody, now they're back in WWE better than ever. I mean, Cody has a countdown to Cody clock. Right, <laughs> the Cody's gonna be on Raw in thirty minutes. I mean, it's it's incredible. He he says it all the time. Uh, undesirable to undeniable, um, and yeah, I, I definitely you know, I look I look to them like say these guys can do it. There is a way back, but my goal is not to get back. Uh, I don't do things every day like oh, what can I do to get back to WWE or what can I do to, so so Tony Khan calls me. I don't give it. Uh, would I take a phone call from from? From Vince or Tony, of course. I'd be lying if I said I wouldn't. I'd be lying right now if I said I never wanted to wrestle in Madison Square Garden again. I'd be lying if I said I never wanted to have another WrestleMania moment. Of course I do. But I'm not living my life and and my career just trying to get back there. What can I do to get back to WWE? I I don't care. I don't live like that because I am proving. Just like 10 years ago, I proved you didn't need the company to make you the chosen one to be a star. I'm proving now you don't need wwe or AEW to be a star i would argue that i'm the hottest and most popular i've ever been in my 19 year career my bank account would would definitely prove that you know <laughs> i'm working every weekend i'm booked i'm booked until december you know i promoters you know oh can you work june 15th june it's may dude try book me next june and that's because i'm busting my ass so like it's it's been a wild ride and it's so much fun and I'm so busy and I love it. I love this business. I love everything about it, the highs and the lows. And I'm grateful for all those highs and lows because it's made me who I am today. It's made me 
tougher. I'm not just saying in the ring, bell to bell. It's just tougher. I, I, I am unwithable, if that makes sense. All right. So what are your ultimate goals now? You know, My as you said. goal is to prove you don't need a major wrestling company to be a superstar. I think I've already proved that. I will continue to prove that. I I want to open the doors for other people to to live their dreams and not necessarily worry about getting that WWE or AEW contract. Of course, of course, like there's nothing wrong with wanting that. Yeah. But I want to prove that you don't need it. That you can still be successful, still have that fame, still have that money, still have that fun, right? I, I believe success is not uh, not. I believe that success is not defined by dollar size, it's defined by happiness, right? And of course, we all need money. We all want money. Money's nice. I uh, just wanted this beautiful honeymoon. I couldn't have done it if I didn't have money, right? <laughs> but I want to wake up every day happy. Uh, and not, not just like happy with my storyline, just like generally happy. And I, and I get to because every day, like I'm working, I'm doing these interviews, I'm doing whatever, but I'm doing what I want to be doing. I'm my own boss. I'm controlling my own destiny. And I'm getting these opportunities that I've always wanted. And all I've ever wanted was an opportunity. Um, and whether I'm creating them on my own or not, it doesn't matter. I had them and I'm going to do my best to capitalize on them. I mean, because at the end of the day, it's all it's all timing, time and place within the wrestling industry. And it's all about, you know, putting yourself in the best position to succeed as you can. Like you said, you're not going to say no to an opportunity, but you're going to create your own. Right. Well, you know, well, <laughs> I mean, if I'm if, if I'm reading what you're saying, you know, yeah, accurately. Yeah. And, and my 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 uh, my nickname is always ready. It's not a gimmick. It's not a hashtag. I am always ready. In this crazy business, I say this all. I was just telling someone at Creative Pro the other night. This this young up and comer. I was telling him, listen, in this crazy business, there are three things that you can 100% control. Right, your physique. No one can say you can't work out. You can't look good, right? You, so you can control that. Your gear, no one's going to say, well, you can't have the nicest gear on the show. You can't have new gear every week. So you can control your gear, your physique, and your attitude. If you have a bad attitude and boo-boo face, that's on you, pal. You know, you can lose every match. You can have the worst position. You can get quote-unquote buried. But if you can have a good attitude, if you have a good attitude, it'll change your whole perspective, not just on your position in that company but in life and if you control and try to master those three things and be always ready when you do get that opportunity right there right for instance intercontinental title wrestlemania 32 i was doing nothing i was doing nothing on raw and i got that opportunity what if i what if i wasn't ready right luckily i was and not luckily i, I busted my butt for that great attitude great gear great physique and when I walked down that aisle of WrestleMania, I was a star and I won the Intercontinental title. It's all about, yeah, it's about timing, but it's it's being always ready. When you're mentoring that next generation of guys, obviously everything you just said should resonate with just about anybody in any field too. It doesn't even exclusively have to be to wrestling. You just take the most of you know the time that you get, which was what you did at WrestleMania. But right. when when you're mentoring that uh, the next generation, is there anything you call back to from your own breaking in where you kind of say, you know, if somebody would have said this to me, or or even just different mentors that you had earlier in your career? It's such a different era um, because now the internet is so big. Um, you don't have to send tapes at eight by tens to promoters. You know, you can just send them a link. Uh, it's such a different era, so it, it's. Uh, 
man so it's a loaded question the one thing that i wish i not that i didn't know because i had a great teacher mikey whipwreck was great he was my teacher he was at ecw original he, he taught me everything i needed to know he you know he taught me and, and also build him out from from deep south wrestling my developmental time in wwe I, I really think that they molded me to the man um i am in this business and i'm not talking about the moves i'm not talking about the wrestling part i'm talking about the the real life the backstage uh you need to have thick skin you need to have a good attitude uh you need to be respectful uh i think that's uh <laughs> three things that a lot of people are missing these days so uh, i would definitely teach those values anyone could do the moves right and especially now people are doing crazier moves than ever before they're more athletic than ever before but it's about that that worth ethic and that passion those are things you can't necessarily teach. So you have you you are the big wrestling figure collector pretty much anywhere. I am uh, the Michael Jordan of wrestling figure collecting. <laughs> and you made a whole podcast about it too. So first That's of all, right. what do you what do you like about doing the podcast with that? And uh and to you just what was the best time kind of like maybe time frame ever for wrestling figures? Well, you know, um I love wrestling figures. I'm 37 years old. Never grew out of it. Listen, I'm not on the floor playing with them i'm not i'm not doing <laughs> that but i just love everything about it I, I love the collecting aspect i love the artistic aspect of how they look in and out of the package uh and a couple of years ago i presented this idea to brian Myers. hey let's do this everyone has a wrestling podcast let's, let's let's do a wrestling figure podcast see what happens with a lot of hard work uh and a lot of fan support it's turned into a lot more than a podcast we have our own wrestling figure line we do live podcasts we just did a live wrestling show. So it's become this, this brand more than this podcast. I love it. It's my passion for sure. Um, when the pandemic hit and we got fired from WWE and there were no independents to work, nowhere to make money, uh, we had that podcast and we were worried, oh man, like no one's going to be collecting toys during this pandemic. The world's falling apart. It was the opposite. Everyone was sitting at home buying up their old collectibles. Uh, and the podcast took off to to, to new heights. Uh, I absolutely love doing it. It's so much fun, and we want to keep building it and building it. Um, it's just it's great to be our own boss and to have fun. Uh, and it's great to to meet the fans. For instance, we're doing something. We've done the meet and greets, right? We do the live shows, the live wrestling shows. We're doing something um, early June. It's just going to be a party. We're calling it Major Wrestling Figure Podcast New York. We rented out a bar in New York City in Times Square. We're just hanging out with our fans, uh, you know, because it's all about the community, and uh, we love the the action figure community. So obviously, you're a big collector. What is, uh, you know, have there been any like hidden gems that you've been able to find in 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 the in the in the process of doing this show and and some of this connection? Yeah, so um, I've told this story a bunch of times, but in I believe it's in 1990 or 1991, WWF magazine. There's a Toys R Us. Ad that shows all the new tag teams coming out. It's the Rockers, Bushwhackers, uh, Demolition, and Rhythm and Blues, the Hockey Talk Man, and Greg the Hammer Valentine. But long story short, when those figures hit the shelves, there were no Rhythm and Blues. It, it never yeah. came out. Uh, I did. There was no internet, so there's not like now. If something doesn't come out, you go on the message board, or, or Mattel will put out a tweet or something, or we'll talk about it on our podcast, and we'll say this got canceled, not coming out. So you don't have to go look for it, right? Back then, that didn't exist. So my parents were taking me to Toys R Us after Toys R Us after Toys R Us looking for this Rhythm and Blues 2-pack that didn't exist. 
Uh, years later, we find out, you know, Hockey Talk Man comes out by himself. Greg the Hammer comes out by himself with the blonde hair, not Rhythm and Blues version. We come to find it, it just never existed. Long story short, I, I have that Greg the Hammer Valentine prototype from that ad, the hand-painted prototype. It's in my collection. That's, that's my crown jewel. That's my holy grail. Not because I'm a big Greg the Hammer Valentine fan. Not that I'm not a fan. I'm just not a fan, if that makes sense. Um, but to have that figure, that figure that was like a mystery for so many years, that's definitely my coolest piece. Do any others of that exist that you know of? Yeah, so there's, I believe there's been four or five that have popped up, all prototypes, all either hand-painted or a sample or completely unpainted where it's all gray. Oh, wow. um, but this is the one from the ad. It's, it's pretty wild. Uh, a lot of this stuff, you know, that, that, that shows up these days because, you know, back in the day, you know, it was just a job for somebody. So there, there, there are people who have like, they worked at Hasbro or Insert Toy Company and maybe they save some of this stuff. Most of it was thrown out, but maybe they find stuff in their garage or in their basement. And that's what happened with this Greg the Hammer Valentine, uh, an ex-Hasbro employee, found a box of old stuff. Uh, and then it was on. It ended up being on some Facebook group. And I, I'm like, what is going on here? Like a hawk, I could spot Greg the Hammer Valentine's leg popping up on this box. And like this bird's eye view of this box uh, of old Hasbro stuff. Um, I spent a lot of money for it, but it's worth a lot of money now too. Do you have a favorite line? I know I grew up on the LJN, the those big ones where if you dropped it on your foot, you were in trouble. Yeah. And yeah, with the King Kong Bundy. Oh, I, I actually told him about uh, my only uh, documented temper tantrum in a uh, toy store was actually at KB Toys in the eighties <laughs> when my mom wouldn't get me the King Kong Bundy figure. Oh man! <laughs> and I actually got to tell Bundy that story, and he actually got a big kick out of it too. I love it. But I had the Remco AWAs a little bit yeah. too when I was a kid. Like, is, is there anything? I mean, you seem to collect everything, but is there? Is there, is there stuff that you prefer over others? Uh, I think I'm nostalgic towards the, the Hasbro figures. Um, I, I had the LJNs as well. I was super young, so like I was like using them as chew toys, like fighting <laughs> on the fingers and stuff like that. Uh, I now have them all mint. Uh, I, I say let them breathe. I like figures out of the package. Uh, so I have them all nice and mint and display. But the Hasbros are definitely my favorite. And, and now, you know, to answer a question earlier that you asked, I think now is the best time for wrestling figures because, okay, you got Mattel making WWE, which are some of the best wrestling figures to date. There's no denying that. And they're making the current guys, the legends, the flashbacks. Yet Jazzware is doing the AEW. So it, it feels like the attitude era in the sense that, you know, you got two companies making these figures. And if let's pretend you're a kid playing, right? I'm 37. Let's pretend I was seven years old. And you're collecting these figures, right? And Cody Rhodes jumps from AEW to WWE. Well, you could just use his AEW figure. You know, you don't have to wait. Right. You know, or if you're an AEW figure, Keith Lee goes to AEW. I'll use my Keith Lee. I don't have to wait two years. It's like the best time as a kid, best time as an adult. And there's all these smaller companies now making wrestling figures. Some companies like Cella Toys and Zombie Sailor Toys are making figures like those Hasbros, like those retros. Um, you talked about those AWA Remco's right behind me. I'll do a little plug right here. We have these these figures that are just like those Remco's. Uh, available at ringsidecollectibles.com, the, the major wrestling podcast figures. We create our own toy line, Major Bendies, just like the uh, the Just Toys Bendems. And it's not just us. There's other companies, too, that I'm not even naming. Uh, Boss Fight Studio. There, there's just so much stuff 
so much to choose from. So I think right now is the absolute best time to be a wrestling figure collector, whether you be an adult or a kid. And what's cool with your platform, you're also able to give a lot of those companies that you mentioned too, probably a little bit of uh, publicity when just when you're talking about this stuff. Hundred percent. And listen, they're they're not they're not paying for advertisement, you know. Right. Even because uh, we got to cover it because we're passionate about it. One thing I never understood. Uh, well, this is a blessing in disguise. Brian Myers and I we originally pitched this podcast at WWE. It was going to be like the Zach and Kurt wrestling figure pot, whatever it was going to be called. And they had no interest in it. They had no interest in podcasts or collectibles. It's such a blessing in disguise that we did it ourselves. We own it, our real names, because when we got fired, if it was theirs, we would have lost it, right? Yep. So such a blessing in disguise. But even so, like, you know, we're, we're, I never understood while we were in WWE doing the podcast, we're, we're essentially giving Mattel a free advertisement, you know? And, like, the, the powers that be over there, the CPG department of WWE, they were like, didn't recognize what we were doing. We weren't asking for anything for free. We weren't getting free product. But like, you know, I know I know like WWE would take it or Mattel would take us out of lineups when someone on the inside of Mattel who liked us would like sneak us into a lineup. Somebody would pull us out of it. We're like, guys, why are you doing that? Like we're we're the ones who should be in lineups because we're promoting your figures for free. Right. And Mattel is really one of the more important partnerships, even the WWE has. You know, I was explaining to somebody a while back, I was watching they had that ambulance match. I think it was Drew McIntyre and I want to say Orton, Randy Orton. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why is this ambulance match happening? It doesn't fit to everything else they're doing. And then several months later, I realized, oh, there's an ambulance match toy coming out from it's actually called the slambulance oh right but you know it's like you you don't think a lot of people when they're seeing stories in the moment don't necessarily understand that there's other partnerships in play that have impacts yeah and they've done that a couple times uh with uh i think it was like a convertible that they broke up they broke they broke up like why did they do that oh because there's a toy or like maybe it was drew mcintyre or jinder had a motorcycle same thing right biggie just had like an atv you know, because it, they all have the toy for it. It's smart. It's it's a great it's a great move. It's a great partnership. All right, we're gonna move on to something we've been calling the three count. Now it's gonna be three quick questions and your answers. Uh, now, as I mentioned, I'm I'm a fellow Long Islander. Uh, other than Matt Cardona, who is the most Long Island wrestler who's ever existed, and why? I mean, knee-jerk reaction says Mick Foley, but but MJF is up there, right? Yeah. MJF is up there. Um I'm gonna say times between Mick Foley and MJF. But what I'm ma- definitely I'm definitely number one. Yeah, that's why I said other than <laughs> you. But it, what what makes a wrestler a Long Island wrestler? Because I've tried to explain Long Island to people and you never get anywhere. I think that's tough. I think for me, like I definitely incorporated it into my character. Um, I mean the the LI Hand signal. I mean, until MJF or McFoley starts doing the LA hand signal, I'm number one. <laughs> so this is a little bit off the action figure stuff too. What are your three favorite action figures of all time, and what are the three worst action figures of all time? Okay. I love the LJN Macho Man. Yep. Because he's almost doing like a double bicep pose, so it looks cool on display. But also, it's like an elbow drop, either a lefty elbow drop. A righty elbow drop. I love that. Um, the the first Hasbro Hulk Hogan, I think it's just very iconic. He does like the gorilla press slam action. And I think when I close my eyes, a lot of people my age close my eyes and they think of Hulk Hogan. They think of how he looked during that time. And it's perfectly depicted in that action figure. 
Uh, ooh. And the other one, you know what? I'm going to say it's a Mattel. I think it's Elite 17 Zack Ryder. I'm going to be a little biased here. But what I, I love that figure so much is because it comes with my internet championship, a, a title I, I created on Z True Long Island Story, uh, and a title that WWE would never allow me to bring to the ring. But Mattel recognized how important it was, so put it with my figure. I thought that was really cool, uh, not just for me, but for fans alike. Worst action figures of all time. Oh, man. Um, this is going to be a tough one. I got one right off the bat. On the dying days of Jax, they were they like they knew the license was up. They knew Mattel was getting it. They were just like putting stuff out to put out. We call it the naked Mark Henry. It's just <laughs> a, a Mark Henry figure in black trunks. Like, when have you ever seen Mark Henry just wearing black trunks? I can't you know, think of a time. Like, never, never. Like yeah. they didn't they didn't paint a singlet on. They didn't give him a cloth singlet. It just was like Mark Henry, like just waking up, getting out of bed. Uh, <laughs> It's a funny figure. Uh, oh man, now this is this is tough. Uh, worst figures, man. That Mark Henry definitely sticks out. There, there are a lot of bad ones. We used to have a segment on the show called the WTF Figure of the Week, where we just try to find like weird, weird stuff. Okay, I got another weird one. There, there were these WCW uh, vibrating action figures in the mid nineties. And it's like they were just figures like this. They were like they looked like LJs, but they were like a hard plastic, and they had these little buttons on the side, and they would vibrate. So it's like, what what is the purpose of this? Are you supposed to like put them together and like press the vibrating button? I don't understand. And like the the way the paint was on the the material, they would scratch like so, and the paint would come off so easily. Just just horrible figures. So let's just say that whole line will cover two and three. It was so bad. I, I used to manage a toy store actually, and I uh, I, I remember those being in closeout <laughs> like yeah, years <laughs> later. <laughs> I think you said that. I was like, yeah, I totally remember, and not understanding why it was a vibrating action figure, didn't even know yeah. what what was the purpose, and nobody yeah, bought I, it. I never understood it. All right, so the last one: uh, you can book Matt Cardona in any territory at any time, on top at any point in history. Who is it against, and why? Man. <sighs> Would it be too cheap to say that I want to have Ric Flair's last match for the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship? I mean, that's the talk of the wrestling business right now. Ric Flair having one more match. Does he want to be 17-time champ? If he does, I got the 10 pounds of gold. <laughs> I could put Sweet Charlotte on the line. Think about it. The nature boy Ric Flair was always ready, Matt Cardona for the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship. Tell me that does not sell out an arena. You know, I've heard the rumors of what the match will be, and I'm sure it's going to be a great match, right? Mm -hmm. I'm sure it's going to be fun for everybody. Um, but don't you think his last match ever should be for the 10 pounds of gold? You yeah. know, you think of NWA, you think of the 10 pounds of gold, you think of Ric Flair, the nature boy. I think it'd be fitting that he goes out, I, I won't say on top because I beat him, <laughs> but I think at least give him the opportunity to be a 17-time world's heavyweight champion. That's 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 historic. That's history. That's that's the match, baby. Matt Cardona versus Ric Flair with the 10 pounds of gold on the line in Ric Flair's last match. I mean, that just writes itself, right? There's no team of writers writing that. That's that's a storybook uh ending, win, lose, or draw. Sounds good to me. How much have you been in the ring with Flair before? 
I wrestled Ric Flair one time in a giant tag team match. It was myself, Brian Myers, Edge, and Chavo Guerrero against Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels in a steel cage match in sold-out Chicago. Great night. Flair was bleeding everywhere. I was like 22 years old. Uh, Such a great learning experience being with Edge. But uh, never one-on-one. Maybe we got to do it now for the 10 pounds of gold. All right, so Saturday, June 11th is the NWA pay-per-view, always ready in Knoxville, Tennessee. Matt Cardona defending the NWA World Heavyweight Championship against Nick Aldis. Matt, thank you so much for joining us today on Another Ring Pro Wrestling Conversations. Really, really enjoyed this. Oh, thanks for having me. I hope you don't have Nick Aldis on, you know, because he's just gonna he's just gonna talk trash about me, just you know, lies, you know, when everyone knows that I'm the good guy here. Nick Aldis is the the bad guy. Nick Aldis is the guy who just, you know, only cares about himself. I genuinely want to save the NWA. I definitely want to be the face of the NWA to save the company. Nick just wants to be the face of NWA for himself because he's selfish. He wants that title to himself because he's selfish. I want to bring it everywhere. I want to defend it everywhere. And if I'm not defending it, bring it out. Show the world I am the NWA World's Heavyweight Champion. I just went on my honeymoon. Brought the 10 pounds of gold because I'm proud of it. I want the world to know NWA is hotter than ever with me as the face of the company. All right. Thank you very much, and have a great day. Thanks. You too. Thanks again, everyone, for joining us on Under the Ring Pro Wrestling Conversations. I'd like to thank Matt Cardona for joining us. I'd also like to thank Kyle Davis and Joe Galley from the NWA for their assistance. If you like what we're doing, please subscribe. If you really like it, leave us a review. Join us next week, where our guest will be the former president of WCW, one of the most influential people in pro wrestling history, Eric Bischoff. That you will not want to miss. Have a great weekend.